Welcome to the School of the Word. This is Lesson 11 in our teaching series, As in the Days of Noah, titled The Nephilim. Our teacher is Alan Smith. Amen and amen. Brian, would you come up, please? Uh, Brian, which is an elder here at this church, had a dream last night. I thought it was pretty relative to... Perhaps you can check it out and see what you think, test it. I, I had a dream specifically about this morning's service, this, this part. I had both parts, actually, but the one for this, I saw, a, if you're familiar with it, it's called an Oculus. It's the, the, the virtual reality goggle thing, the headset that looks like a, that made by Microsoft. I saw them set out all on the carpet. And before Alan spoke, you needed to come up and get an Oculus and put it on. And it just spoke to me about the way you see things. And so that was the dream. And what about Steve? In Steve's part, uh, I, I felt like during Steve's message that there would be a gifts of repentance, just really sweet, just beautiful invitations of repentance. Because mm. it seems repentance is heavy sometimes. But it's, it's a drawing. It's an offer for freedom. And I just saw that it was a real anointing for that on that part. Amen. Thank you very much. Amen. Well, it just so happens we believe in dreams around here. And uh, we believe God can give us dreams. That sounds like a prophetic dream to me. And uh, it really does go along with my uh, teaching this morning. It's very interesting. I... Uh, what I'll be teaching on this morning is, uh, as in the days of Noah, of course, and uh, uh, thank you it's very much. Thank you. It's not an apple, but it'll, <laughs> it'll, it'll do. We'll call it one. <laughs> thank you. And uh, uh, this morning, I, uh, with this teaching, I uh, somewhat try to skirt around it, I guess you could say. <laughs> And uh, I don't know why I do that, because I always know I end up having to do it. So. so with this teaching this morning, it has something to do with the devices of the enemy. Last week I spoke about the enemy, uh, what the cross, you know, we had all of those things going on uh, last week. And um, so this week I'm going to uh, try to shed some light uh, a little deeper into how this works in our lives and what's going on. And it's a, uh, these, the dark side, I think we have to admit, it really, it really has some persuasive uh, weapons to work with. Would that be the correct way to put it? it it's pretty, it can be pretty persuasive. And um, it, uh, through temptations, and uh, we're enticed, and... Uh, it's it's not just the simple temptations either. They get uh, they get pretty um, complicated temptations. How uh, the enemy can weave a web to catch us all in, and how quickly we can be caught in, into the web of the enemy. And so through these devices, uh, we would like to think that the planet could be more user friendly than what it is, you know. But it, it's it's just not that user friendly. This is a um, this is a planet that the evil one he goes to and fro, and he's the god of this world. And so we find ourselves we have been set down into a world uh, that the actual leader of it is not our friend. 
And uh, so the, the ways of warfare hits several dimensions, at least three dimensions. And uh, we have, a, of course, a natural uh, dimension. And we have a dimension I'm going to call inside of our bodies, which we can't see. We'll just say it's part of the natural. But um, there's things that go on in our body that we can't see, but we can sense. Do you know what I'm talking about? And so we, uh, we have that dimension. We have a spiritual dimension, of course. And, um, and we have, if we want to go into a fourth, we could. It's called time. There's another dimension. Uh, I have experienced uh, um, a, a dimension of uh, time uh, being uh, changed two times in my life uh, that I can actually know that uh, time has shifted and has been different. And uh, so we got these different dimensions, and the enemy likes to work in all of the dimensions. And uh, so we need to, sometimes we, the natural dimensions, we like to put it off. Well, you know, Satan wouldn't do that, or, or he wouldn't try to do that, or that's too, uh, no, we're in a natural dimension. You're just more in a sweet by and by, a spiritual thing. But, but the truth is that's, that's not true. Um, this teaching, as you see as I get into it, um, I worked on it last night, uh, pretty late actually, and got up this morning and finished it, and uh, but last night in the teaching, about one o'clock, I, I woke up to get up to go to the bathroom, as uh, some men of 69 have to do, and uh, I couldn't get out of bed. I, I couldn't get up. Uh, my back was completely out. I, I could not get out of bed. And um, I laid there, and I thought, what is, I mean, I wasn't even, I, I could even uh, understood it somewhat if I'd had some hard labor yesterday, but I didn't. I was actually in the office all day. And so I, um, I laid there and I prayed and I said, Lord, this, I can't imagine this teaching today would, have the, would raise the eyebrow of the dark side. Uh, but I did do some horrific prayer and study and prayer and study and prayer. And if you'd been in my office, you would have thought I was maybe crazy. But... For sure, I was in an activity of the Spirit yesterday as I was studying. And um, I said, well, Lord, surely that hasn't caught the eye of the enemy. I can't imagine that. So anyway, I just started praying. I said, Holy Spirit, I need your help here. I think perhaps this is a little attack on my body from the enemy. Prayed for about 15 minutes. Uh, uh, to, I prayed myself to where I could get up. Went to the bathroom, came back. Laid down, prayed some more, went off to sleep, got up. When I woke up this morning, it was maybe 15% of what it was uh, that night. Um, I texted several interested people have prayed for me, one of them being my sister, Sally. One reason I like to ask her to pray for me, she is one of the most hard-headed females I've ever met. And I love her dearly. <laughs> and when I say that in a, in a healthy way, because she won't give up. She'll just pray till she's just, when she's determined, she just doesn't quit. So, and that's good as long as it's in prayer. And uh, uh, so, uh, and she told me, she, she called me on the way to church. She said, Alan, when you stand in the pulpit, the pain will be gone. And which it is right now, I don't feel anything. She said, I can't guarantee anything when you step out. So, uh, so here we go. <laughs> so right now I don't feel any, and uh, I am dreading stepping down. I might preach all afternoon, Go Pastor. Ahead. Uh, good. Uh, so anyway, but I can't imagine that it would even get this. So then when Brian had that dream, I'm like, uh, 
what I'm going to talk about, you're definitely going to have to have a spiritual headset of some type to see what I'm talking about, or, or you'll totally dismiss it as, um, as untrue. This is just isn't true. But if you have the Holy Spirit, if you have these spiritual goggles on, as Brian was speaking about, I think that dream was uh, so true uh, that it encourages me uh, this morning as I stand up here. Well, uh, maybe this is for something. Now, this isn't necessarily teaching you're going to jump off the chandelier for, but uh, hopefully it'll be very informative, as in the days of Noah. Now, you know the scripture, we've been using it as the beginning of this series, but as in the days of Noah, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. And we're, when you read that scripture, you think of it as uh, it was pretty bad back in those days, which is true. It was. It was very bad. It was rough. Mankind... Um, had just uh, gotten into some things that were just unseemingly uh, to the human uh, uh, mind that it could even happen. And which, believe it or not, that's happening today uh, with things around the globe that uh, I'm like, I, I just cannot even conceive. When I see some of the sources that I get uh, some news from, which are supposedly, and I believe they are reputable, uh, some of this news, I'm like, I, I just... Or, or, I mean, you can look at anything and look at Russia and uh, Ukraine. I, you can believe about Ukraine and what you want to, but I don't care who you are to kill people and babies and kids and burn them. And, and that's just not cool, right? That's, I, don't, I don't care who you are. That's not a good thing to do. That's, and and you've, you've got to think just a minute. <clears throat> when you see those pictures and things, and of course, we know about World War II. We know about Hitler. We know we, all of the, the Holocaust, all of this. But you got to understand something. Bad people don't do some of this stuff. Can you hear me? So, so what's happened? When you take a demonic being, takes on the form of a human and, and infiltrates them and, and uh, controls their thinking and their mind and you know, which is usually through great ambition. And, 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 and as it hooks into the human soul, it is unimaginable what a, a human can do to another human. It's just demonic. Now, for it being demonic doesn't let you off the hook. Say, well, you know, the, like the little, little boy said, why did you do that? Well, the devil made me do it. Who was it? Say, oh, that was uh, Flip Wilson. He said, the, the, the devil made me do it. Um, that, that doesn't necessarily get us off for that, so let's look at it here as we move forward. Now, Genesis 6 is what I'm going to look at uh, this week as we're continuing on. And, and um, you know, we talked about the resurrection and what Jesus over, overcame and what he was doing. And, and, uh, but when we get into, as, we're, as we go back to the origin of, of what the problem is, you can look at, at Genesis 6. Now, to understand a little bit Genesis 6... Um, kind of reveals prophetically the rest of the book. It, to not have a, a good grasp on Genesis 6 uh, and is to, uh, a lot of people have a problem with prophecy and things, and I've noticed they don't have a good grasp on Genesis 6 uh, in which to uh, start the spiritual understanding of a lot of the prophecies. Now, uh, Genesis 6, uh, it gives us an understanding of Bible prophecy. I'm going to try to hit this quickly this morning as we hit a few of these details. Uh, now, Jesus gives an update to four of his disciples. I've mentioned this before <clears throat> in this teaching. 
Now you say, I don't know what's it got to do with Genesis 6. It's got a lot. Just give me a moment to put it together. Jesus gives us an update uh, to four of his disciples. It is Peter, James, and John, Andrew, uh, which for, uh, is also, he's Peter's brother, is who Andrew is. So, uh, so Jesus gives an update, if you will, to these uh, disciples about what's going to happen here at the end. Uh, Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, so therefore is called the Olivet Discourse. I spoke about it a couple of weeks ago too. And, and, uh, but so we have this, we know that the, Jesus gave this and he was pre preceding his death on the cross. Now, Jesus tells of the signs of the times, and that's Matthew uh, uh, 24, as he begins into that Olivet Discourse. He speaks about the signs of the times. So he's given them a briefing, if you will, of what's fixing to happen, what it's going to look like. And he also gives that to us. He gives us the same understanding, this, uh, this same uh, briefing. Now, I'm going to jump into the 20, uh, chapter 24 here. Just, uh, I'd love to read it, but for the sake of time, we'll, you need to read 24. We'll jump into a little quote here um, where Jesus gives us a warning. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. Now, do you see that? And, and what that is, I am the Christ. I, I, am, the, I am the deliverer. When you, when you uh, 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 take on the, um, uh, well, I'll, I'll just say this, say it like this. Uh, I voted for Donald Trump. You're supposed to go, oh. And, uh, uh, but where I have a problem is some people see him as the great deliverer. That's a problem. You see, that, that's where I, where I have, a, have a problem is where I can see that spiritual ideology is trying to, to be built around one person. Now, let's say that, that he could be a, a good leader and could do a good job. Did you know if you stand around and brag on somebody enough and say, you're my deliverer and all that, that you'll, you can corrupt a, a, a decent person just by the wrong accolades and all. You, just, you can corrupt a good person. So uh, what, what was my problem? What was a lot of people's problems uh, with uh, Trump versus whoever else is running? Uh, is that, is, the, is this idea that he's the great deliverer uh, of the United States. Uh, we know he's not, uh, but uh, do, I, do I agree with the policies that he ran on a lot of, yes I do, yada, yada, yada. So, but we, we got to be careful because the spirit of the great deliverer is out here is my point. And we will associate it and attach it to a lot of different people, a lot of different circumstances. It's amazing how Zelensky now is taking on, like he's this, uh, great deliverer. I'm just hoping he doesn't get killed and then re resurrected is what I'm hoping doesn't happen. So, but it, it's amazing how we can attach uh, this ideology of, of the great deliverer on any human. And so th that's partly of, a, of a, the false Christ. The false, and I'm hoping you can see that even about Donald Trump. If you, if you bestow that upon him and, and you'd give your life uh, for that, you need to remember the scriptures is what I'm saying. Yes, that's, that's, not, that's not what we do. Can we, can we pray for the man? Yes. Uh, should we be praying for Biden? The answer is yes. Yeah, of course we are. The Bible instructs us to. Uh, uh, I saw where um, Franklin Graham got a big criticism. He was in Ukraine, Easter service, and he asked everybody to pray for Putin. Uh, that didn't go over real well with some people. Uh, but it's easy to see that would be the quickest way to a, 
to a win, wouldn't it? I mean, that'd be the to make your enemy your friend. So the, my point is I'm wanting you to capture and catch on to this idea that many false, false Christs will arise. And uh, that's the reason we don't like to put... Uh, at this church, we're very sensitive not to raise any preacher, any teacher, anybody that sings. We don't put anybody on a pedestal. It's just not our, in our DNA. Uh, matter of fact, we're against it if you do it. We're, we don't think it's cool here. We think it's cool that... Um, just so happens I've been called to teach, and I'm going to try to do the best I can. Uh, but none of us are, we, we're under this idea that we're all the same here in Christ, and, uh, and that we think we're all important, just the same. And that we've got different callings and different gifts, and we have to do those things. But the reason for that type of thinking is so that we don't get into this thing of a false Christ, because we'll be pulled into it quickly. We'll have a lot of uh, great Bible teachers, and people will run halfway around the world to get on this great... A Bible teacher, uh, uh, but they use the same book as you do, as I do. We all use the same, same owner's manual, right? And uh, so, anyway, we got to be careful about this concept, and here's why. Uh, now, Jesus gives another warning, it's in Matthew 24. But of that day and hour no man knoweth, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, and there's uh, our quote, uh, so shall the coming of the uh, Son of Man be. So Jesus himself is referring back to this days of Noah. So I want us to dive into a little bit more uh, of the days of Noah. Now, let me say it this way, pre-flood. Let me say pre-flood so we can get a little more of an idea. Uh, he also went on uh, 24 and 25 are telling us uh, about Jesus and his uh, second coming. Jesus has come once. Now we're looking for his second coming so he is comparing his second coming uh, to the days of Noah, of which that would be also pre-flood as well as flood. Now, soon after that, uh, he is crucified after Jesus uh, does, of course, <coughs> the uh, Olivet Discourse. He is preparing his disciples for his second coming uh, after the resurrection. So that's where we see ourselves at this Sunday. Last Sunday was Resurrection Sunday based off of the scripture and this understanding is what got me kind of on the avenue of, of, the, of, of uh, the next day. Uh, but you got to understand Jesus was preparing his disciples for the day after his resurrection. So we got to go back now to see what Jesus was referring to for us to prepare for this day after the resurrection. And so that brings us to this point. Why did Jesus give us such a warning? <clears throat> Matthew 24, 37. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. What does this warning really mean? Good question. Now we'll go back to Genesis 6, <clears throat> 1 through 2, pre-flood. Uh, we can see here, and it speaks about the sons of God. We're going to talk about that a little bit. And who are the sons of God? What, are, what, what benefit do, do the... Uh, sons of God even have now. And it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born unto them that the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair and they took them wives of all which they chose. Now, I've discussed this just a little bit. We're diving deeper today. Um, here, here we see it, it starts using this, uh, the sons of God, this terminology and it was of the daughters of men. That one's not hard to figure out. Sons of God, we might need to work on a little bit. But it says that they uh, took them wives of all that they chose. <clears throat> now, it doesn't even look here that like the women had much choice. 
It says they chose. Uh, so it's like it was more of a, uh, <clears throat> if you will, I'd rather say it's more like a hostile takeover. Is when you study the Hebrew, it was this is not a good thing. It's more or less like a more of a hostile takeover, perhaps, if you if you will. But it says there that they that they chose them. Now, you see where here where it says the sons of God there. Now, now let's look at this terminology in the Hebrew. Uh, B'nai, uh, half Elohim, means a direct creation of God. So the sons of God there, right, right there's, there's the Hebrew word, B'nai, ha Elohim, which means a direct creation of God. Now that's very important. They, that was a direct creation of God. Now, um, you and I are not the sons of God. Uh, we are direct descendants of Adam. Okay? Now, you, now I'm going to pull it apart. You say, well, I don't wear it in the Bible. Hey, don't get ahead of me. Don't, don't get ahead of me. Uh, at this point, uh, what the Scriptures are speaking of is the sons of God. They were a direct creation of God. So uh, Adam, uh, which would be Adam and the angels. So we know that Adam was a direct creation of God. We know the angels, uh, a direct creation of God. So when you see this word, B'nai uh, Elohim, that is a direct creation from God. Huge, huge, uh, huge thing here. Uh, we are the sons and daughters of Adam, the Bible says. <clears throat> now, that's a, that makes a big difference. When you, As you'll see with Adam and the angels, they were direct uh, creation of God, and then we're going to see, as we continue reading here, where part of them fell they, uh, out of that. Uh, and I'm going to tie it all together, hopefully, at the, at the end here. So now in John 1, 11 uh, through 13, it says this, He came into his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, uh, even to them that believe on his name which were born not of blood, nor of, of the will of the flesh, nor of the will but of man, but of God. Now, now here, here, you say, well, Alan, here it says that we're born of God. Uh, in the New Testament scripture here, uh, we know that, that that term, Ha Elohim, we know that that means that those sons of God were a direct creation of God. And here we find out he came to his own, he, he received them not, but as many as received him to them, gave he power to become the sons of God, uh, even to them that believe on his name, which were born, not of blood, nor the will of flesh, but of God. See that? It, say, it says there that, that you're uh, born of God. So here we see the sons of God. Uh, there is a creative event that takes place when we are born again. It's called the new birth. It, it's something that's real. Do you, see, do you see that? So when you are born again, you're birthed by God Himself. The, the born again experience means <laughs> that that experience for you is a creation of God. Is that not amazing? Because we know we're born of Adam. We're born of the seed of Adam. And, and then we, we learn as this thing keeps evolving as we get into the New Testament, it says... Uh, that we're, he says that we now have, have the power to become the sons of God. So now we're created by God, you old big angel, you, right? So, so now that's a huge deal. 
because we've now been birthed or born and what's going on in us is a creation by God. You didn't have a mind persuasion change. You might want to take credit for it, but that's not what happened. Something, something happened inside of you. Now, now, it's easy for us to say, when it causes us a new birth, it also means we need to grow up, we need to grow. So we've been birthed, and we, by a supernatural hand of God, I stand before you today out of a supernatural hand of God, calling of God. I'm a dairy farmer. They don't stand behind pulpits. Can, can you hear me? Yeah. So, when we grasp this thing now, we really, I hope you can catch what, what this scripture's saying. I mean, you've got to catch a lot more than I can hopefully even say. You've got to catch something here. In the beginning, when God created Adam, this new creation that is in us, can you see now why Brian had the dream about you got to put these goggles on? You know I mean, the only way you can get what I'm saying is you've got to have some spiritual goggles on that you can get it. We are a creation of God. Okay, <clears throat> if we are an, a creation of God, it says uh, to them he gave power to become sons of God. So that means and gives an indication in Greek, uh, in the Septuagint there, it's, it's, uh, it, gives, it gives the idea that we're growing in it and we're becoming in it. In other words, I can, I can walk more in the power of God the more I walk with God. I can walk more in the power of God. That's what that means. And why? Because I am becoming the sons of God. I, I, it's a becoming thing. And, and so, now that takes, it, uh, that takes hard work, but all it means is we're going to agree with God. That's all it means. I'm going to agree with God, and so by agreeing with God, we then come, become the sons of God. Where we get in a little bit of trouble is we want to start debating with God what He says and why He means it. And we start trying to interpret it instead of letting Him say what He means where He says it. Right? Wow. We get ourselves in a heap of lot of trouble. <clears throat> and when actually, but I want, I'm wanting you to see how you, you were not born a son of God. You were created as a son of Adam. When you ask Jesus to come into your heart, you have been, you're a new creation in Christ Jesus. And that creation is born of God. So if you've been born of God, that's reading people like say, Alan, you believe in eternal security? I say, yeah, I, I do. And the reason is because I haven't been born of me. I've been born of God. And did you know that God saved me and made me this cre creation when I was yet a sinner? I didn't become perfect and then become a son of God. So you, you got to grasp hugely what it means to now be called uh, the sons of God. That's huge. That, that's big. You are now ha Elohim. You've been created by God and you're being created by God. I can't wait to see the 23 version of me. Right? Because we're going... Now, it just so happens as we're on this creation trail of my land of living, I wish God... God would use a rubber hammer instead of a metal hammer. He, as he's beating out my fenders and stuff, it, it's, it's a mess. It hurts. I got a lot of dents, I guess. Because I'm going into this newer version of me. Uh, God doesn't feel user-friendly. I'm sorry. There's times the Spirit makes me feel warm and fuzzy, and, and there's times I just say, ouch, all day long, you know, as I'm kicking and screaming into this created being that God's... Uh, birthed me into. 
Now, so let's keep all that in mind. So there's a creative event that takes place when we are born again. Uh, this is the new birth of God, and it's out of that that we can be called uh, the sons of God. You are then a direct creation of God. Not indirect. Can somebody hear me? You're direct. The temple, the veil's been rent. Uh, yesterday morning, I started praying to God, and I just could for some reason. I, I was so captivated that, I, God, you let me talk to you like this. I just couldn't get past that. God, you mean to, I mean, really, for some reason, I had such an overwhelming awareness of that I can talk to God, straight to God. And, and the reason he wants me to is because he created me. I'm a new creation in him. And uh, I'm like, wow, this is so neat. Uh, but at the same time, I feel so far behind. But we'll not stay there long. Now, let's look at this. Sons of God. So um, the B'nai Elohim, it, we know that was angels. I wanted to put that other son of God in there so I wouldn't lose you at the beginning. Uh, in the Old Testament, that's where uh, that term for angels is used. Uh, now, we're going to kind of go off into the angel area more now. New Testament, we have Luke equal unto the angels. Uh, says you will not die. That's speaking to us. It says that you're equal to the angels. In other words, it's, they're, they have immortality. Uh, in What was meaning that you're equal uh, with the angels, it means you won't die. That's what that verse is saying in Okay, I got it down there. Okay. Neither can they die anymore, for they are equal unto the angels and are the children of God, uh, being the children of the resurrection, you see. So there, that's what he means by that we can be uh, equal. So here you see uh, the terminology of the children of God. Uh, now, when we go back to the daughters of men, in this scripture, and it said it in 6, 1 and 2, And it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and the daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were fair, and they took uh, them wives of all which they chose. Now, now, now here, we, here we see the sons of God. That's all about the angels. It says that it, it, it took, they took unto themselves daughters of men. And you're like, what, what is that? What is this? Uh, it's a hybrid, if you will. If you... You can take, back when we used to grow hogs, I don't know why I'm using this analogy, but back when we used to grow hogs, you would take one uh, particular breed and you'd cross it with another one. The first, uh, the first cross, you called it hybrid vigor. You call them a hybrid pig. You have what's called hybrid uh, vigor. And then the, uh, it would be a super pig, if you will. Take the, you'd get the good traits out of one and you'd put it together. You had like this super pig and... But it just so happens if you kept breeding the hybrids, they kept going the other way. And so your best day is the first day. Isn't that interesting? And, and um, so that's also the same way uh, we could see. Um, when, when you had these men, these angels crossing with women, though, the, the, the problem is you, um, they got stronger and stronger. This was, uh, so we, so we, because you had a spirit being crossed with a human, and it produced this kind of a spiritual hyper vigor, but it, it kept getting better and better, but stronger and stronger, uh, and bigger and bigger. So, the reason I don't know why I started bringing that up. When I think I looked at Trevor and I thought of it. Yeah, <laughs> you start getting into the genes and genetics and 
it messes with the genetic codes, what it does, okay? And you, you start getting into, uh, I saw Trevor's grin and I knew where he was going. And I said, I'm, but I'm gonna try to look this way away from him. We'll not go into genes and, and all of that, even though it is a thought-provoking uh, uh, idea. So when we see this cross and the, these angels cross with these, uh, with these women, you got Bene, Elohim, then you have, uh, of course, it's the sons of God again. And you got Benoth Adam, which uh, is, is a Hebrew word, which means daughters of Adam. Okay, that's, that's your uh, two uh, Hebrew words. So the daughters of men there is uh, Benoth Adam, which is the uh, daughters of Adam. Now, so then we get into this, this, uh, this hybrid uh, that the Bible calls the Nephilim. And... Um, now, in the King James, it uh, uh, uses the word uh, giants um, uh, in the earth. Uh, there were giants, Nephilim in the earth. Uh, King James, which I use, is it's got giants. Uh, I don't know if I've got it up here or not, but it comes from the, uh, the word uh, gigantuous or something, which is actually a Greek word, which is the Septuagint. It's changed from Hebrew into Greek, and they use that word. Uh, when they did giants, it's kind of like the word baptismo. You, it, it was transliterated. In other words, it was uh, baptismo. It's not really translated. It's a baptism. And same way with giants here from the Greek word, it's really transliterated. Or just thought, well, that looks a lot like giants. So, but it just so happens they were big. They were, they were giants. Uh, but when you see that word uh, giants and Nephilim there, uh, the, the Hebrew word uh, Nephilim, is, it's, it says that they were giants, uh, but this is what they mean. This is what it means to be a Nephilim, the fallen ones. So uh, the root word is uh, Neval, means to fall, to be cast down, to fall away, to, to desert, or a deserter. You know what a deserter is, right? So they were deserters of heaven is, is what they were. And, uh, and so you have these uh, Nephilim, uh, probably, I don't know, it didn't make any difference. They, they were a lot of them giants now, but it doesn't mean they have to be a giant is, is the reason. You can't, you can't marry yourself just to that one term that they were giants. It doesn't mean that. It, uh, this, it just so happens that the hybrid, for some reason, they got this spiritual vigor going on or something. And it made them, made them huge, you know. And um, so they were giants, uh, Nephilim, called them the fallen ones. So when you read this in uh, Genesis 6, 4, there were giants or Nephilim in the earth in those days. And also after that, uh-oh, what does that mean? Now, the uh, reason I say that, and it says also after that, you're like, you mean after the flood, we're going to have more of them? Well, we're going to dig into it. That's what it means. And so in their days, and also after that, uh, when the sons of God came in and to the daughters of men. Well, I mean, you know, I think I put it in here maybe. I mean, Goliath. Yeah, right. he, he was an Ephraim. And that was after that. Yeah. And I, I think I did throw a few slides in on that one. But anyway, they were cast down. Uh, here you got Hagibron. It means the mighty ones. is the hybrids of fallen angels <clears throat> and, and of uh, women. Uh, you see the mighty ones right there? It says, uh, said the daughters of men, and they bear children to them. See that? Uh, the same became mighty men, or mighty ones, as you can see that. 
which were of old uh, men of renown. Uh, and what does that mean? What does that mean? That means Ha Gibberim, the mighty ones, the hybrids of fallen angels and women. So you can see here that they went into daughters of men and they bear children, uh, which were called the mighty ones, or the Hebrew word, which is uh, Ha Gibberim. Now, uh oh, I carried my slides over. The. I believe I duplicated a slide. Maybe, maybe not. Yeah, I did and I didn't. Um, so uh, the Septuagint, which is a, is a Greek text, uh, is a Greek translation of the Hebrew Bible. And the Septuagint, uh, I think it was about 250 years before Christ, probably somewhere in there. Uh, you had uh, 70 scholars, uh, Hebrew scholars, 70, 73, 4. Uh, they came together and they translated the Hebrew text into the Greek text, uh, call it the Septuagint. Uh, the reason that's huge when you're in Bible study is because the, the Greek language goes into details basically more than any other language. And of course, they were translating it in the language of that day so they could uh, understand it. So uh, a lot of this, the Septuagint is used in the Greek text. Uh, to give to, for us to capture the true meaning of some of these words. Now, the the Hebrew word, of course, is nephilim. The the Greek word is uh, giants, and that. But the root word is uh, Gaius. Now, now that means earthborn. So there is a huge difference. Uh, you've got these um, nephilim, which are earthborn, because they're out of this hybrid, this cross. Now, the Nephilim is the same word in Greek mythology for Titans. Isn't that interesting? We covered a little bit of that. I think Trevor covered that a little bit. Uh, how uh, the Nephilim is the same word you use in Greek uh, mythology for the Titans. Uh, we're, you know, we're all into, you got all these movies now about Greek mythology and what's the, who? Marvel, Marvel yeah, all of that stuff is, it uses uh, Greek mythology. Now, the problem that I have with, uh, with Greek mythology, not that I have a problem necessarily, but, but uh, when we think of Greek mythology, we think it's a myth, right? It's just, it's just a myth. It doesn't, it's mythology. Um, the problem is uh, their origins are all Nephilim. Not only that, the Greeks worshipped them. Uh, maybe you've heard it. I don't know if you have or not, but a lot of people say, well, the Greek mythology is so messianic. <laughs> Duh. Yeah, I mean, they, they copied the storyline, uh, the Nephilim. Or, you see, Satan is trying to destroy the line of Jesus Christ. Just remember that. He's trying, he's, all the way through this book, his goal was to destroy uh, the line of the Savior of the world. And so with the, with the Nephilim, they've created this goddess, god and goddess uh, mythology, they call it. Uh, my problem is, behind all that, I think it's all real. You see. And, and it's kind of funny. They, I, I'm sure I've got it up here, but uh, Titans in Greek mythology were the offspring of Greek gods cohabitating with women, and they called them uh, demagogues, or half god and half man. So that's what Greek mythology is, is totally out of. So you had this cross. Now, there again, put your goggles on. It's called mythology. 
I'm saying the origins of it's real and it's true. I think it comes from the, the spirit of the Nephilim. And so you could say, Alan, how can this get into our system? Well, everybody loves the movies and you know, people even study, of course, the Greek mythology, but it comes from this idea. Everybody gets infatuated by this idea of a, of a uh, god uh, mixed with a human and you get this super god, right? You had Atlas and what, Hercules and you, know, you get this... Uh, you get this hyper vigor, so to speak, and it creates a super being. Now you gotta understand something. The super being ideology is trying to replace the superman, Jesus Christ. You got to remember that. Satan is trying to displace Jesus. God, the God of this world is, is trying to constantly mess up uh, the creating God Jehovah God, he's trying to mess up his plans for a creative world. Now, let me tell you something. Did you know Satan's trying to mess up your life that God has for you in the creative world? How does he mess up God's plan? By messing up his people. That's how he does it. You can say, well, boy, I'm glad I'm not a Nephilim, and I'm just saying, well, how much of a Nephilim am I? <laughs> Come on, somebody. How much have I already crossed with? How much have I already interbred with? Come on. I'm just telling you the truth. Uh, you see, uh, Satan and his devices are many. This is the reason I'm kind of going over this. I'm wanting us to see. The enemy gets in us. It's, it's amazing. Uh, it's amazing to me. There's no doubt in my mind, I stand before you, that the enemy uh, last night attacked my back and I couldn't get out. No, it was too supernatural. No doubt in my mind. No doubt in my mind I'm standing before you pain free because of prayer and God changed it. No doubt in my mind. Now let me tell you something. Now my back's not, it's not a big a deal as what I'm getting ready to tell you about. Uh, there's some people in our congregation who got something a whole lot worse than a hurt back. Some of them's got cancer. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Some's got cancer. We've got all kinds of things going on. Now I'm going to tell you something. That is of the devil. Make no mistake about it. Right. Can it be cause of the stand we made? Well, it's obvious we got somebody's attention. But, I, but I'm trying to be real with you this morning. These are demons and the doctrines of devils, and they're attacking God's people. Sometimes we let them in. Sometimes we haven't got a thing to do with it, but we get it anyway. So as a church, we got to recognize this ain't a time to sit down. This is a time we rise up. We're in a foreign place, we're in a foreign world, and the enemy's trying to kick us into hinder parts. He's big, there's no doubt, but we know one that's bigger. That's right. And we're in his name. So don't lay down, because we're getting kicked a little bit. Let's pray for the sick. Let's pray for those that have infirmities. Come on. Let's don't lay it down. Let's pick it up. Come on. Let's go for it, because the enemy's real. Right. And he takes note to us of what we're doing. Now, I've got news for you. If I die here, standing for God's will, I won't die here. On God's hill is where I choose to, to, to die. You can say, well, Alan, that sounds like a threat. No, that's just the truth. I'm, I'm already persuaded. And I also know it can invoke things that I don't want. But if you're going to stand for God, you're going to have to stand against the enemy. And God 
does not give you disease. It's a weapon of the enemy. We need to call it what it is. I don't know how I got on to that, but we we got some demagogues walking around is what I'm saying. They don't have to be giants. But we got, you can say, well, Alan, do you think uh, uh, Putin's a demagogue? He could be. You, you think I'm kidding, but I am not kidding. Uh, it, it's no doubt in my mind that there's a lot, there's always been going on in that region over there, just killing people and just, there's something over there that's not good. Can somebody say amen? Yeah. There's something in that region. And I know a lot of people don't believe in territorial spirits. I do. Yeah. I, I just do. There's territorial spirits that's keeping uh, Israel from getting all of her land. Yeah. It's territorial spirits is what it is. Uh, trying to destroy her and uh, keeping that uh, promise of God. Oh, my goodness, I've got a hush here. Now, Greek mythology is... Uh, there's a set of stories about gods, goddesses, the heroes, rituals of ancient Greeks. Greek mythology was part of the religion in ancient Greece. You see that? The most popular Greek mythology figures include uh, Greek gods like Zeus. Uh, now, Zeus, is, he's kind of the big boy. He's the, he's the big one. He's, but it's funny to me in Greek mythology, they copied everything God did. But Zeus never claimed to be the creator God. He was head honcho. For some reason, Greek mythology, uh, they had enough sense not to try to duplicate being God. Isn't that, isn't that something? Now, now, Zeus is the one who brought order to everything. He was a big, big, big honcho that took everybody down. Uh, uh, but anyway, you got Zeus, uh, Poseidon, uh, Apollo, uh, Greek goddess, goddess uh, Aphrodite, uh, Heria, and Athena, and the Titans uh, like Atlas and Hercules and all, all the above. So, <clears throat> so it's a funny thing to me that that is, uh, there again, they are given this idea that a, a, an angel crossed with a human, they call it a demigod, and this produces this Nephilim, which is a super uh, race, if you will. So are we dealing with a cross that's uh, greater than, than us. Yes, except for greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. That's right. Are you with me? Yeah. So, but, but they're bigger than us. They, they are. Now, you can say, well, Alan, why did, why did they try to do this hybrid? Now, I'm going to tell you, and I hate to leave you here, but i got to leave you here. It's 1031. I'm going to tell you this one thing in leaving. Uh, Mary was impregnated by the Holy Spirit. So you had a cross with uh, the Spirit of God and human. You see that? You had that cross. I hope that didn't hurt your theology any. But you've got a spirit with a human woman cross. And so out of that, the enemy's always trying to duplicate that. The closest thing he could get to it was a fallen angel created by God. Are you with me? Now, I'm hoping you can connect the dots and understand we have the only true God. The rest of these are demigods, but they're real. But their best day, they're a fallen angel with a woman. You see that? That's their best day. But we've got Jesus Christ, which by the Holy 
Ghost impregnated Mary to produce Jesus, the Savior of the world. He was the only one that's been created by God. I hope, I hope you can see that. The enemy with these demigods is trying to duplicate what God's done, and it did do. And, and you've got to say, well, Alan, why all of this? Here's why. There's a battle raging. There is a war going on, people. I'm sorry. Disney World's not real. Okay? It's not real. But Jesus Christ is. So we've got to decide, and as I'm closing here, we have to decide which God we're following. That's a big decision to make. We have to make it daily. Uh, if you have a trouble, uh, let's say you got a trouble with anger, you're going to straighten everybody out. Well, you're entertaining a demigod of some sort. You're not going to straighten everybody out. Jesus is going to straighten everybody out. We got pride. We got arrogance. We got all these things. None of this has any place in the house of God. Even though we're all dealing with it. We've we, we got to be aware that we're dealing with it and, and quit ag agreeing with these demonic forces and start agreeing with the Holy Ghost in a supernatural high-level way because this world we're living in, we're in the days of Noah, and it's getting worse. But I'm telling you, I think the presence and the power of God is increasing more than the enemy is. Amen? So let's stand. I know that teaching's not uh, something to write home to Mama about, but... I hope and pray I've given you the truth and pray when I step down from here my back doesn't hurt so Lord Jesus we love you thank you for this day thank you for your word oh God I ask and pray that I've done justice to delivering your word oh God Lord Jesus be with us make us aware of our enemy our adversary Lord God I pray right now in the name of Jesus for all the infirmity uh, I pray uh for Maritza, Ed's wife, we pray for Kelly, Watson, Steve's wife. Uh, we know of these two uh, infirmities. I'll just lift them up to you again right now, oh God. And I ask and pray as this church uh, comes together on behalf of these two. I pray, oh God, for these two that there will be a total healing of cancer. They, they would be set free, be a, a, a total healing of, uh, that can be. Uh, Lord, I just ask and pray for healing. Because we ask it because you say we can. And we know as greater is, is he that's in us than the one that's in the world. So, Lord, I ask and pray in Jesus' name that you'd 